Cheerio and welcome to the Locust and Honey podcast. We are two Reformed Southern Baptists who desire to speak the truth of the gospel right smack dab to the heart of the culture. We are also proud members of the Bar Network. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? No reason. Today is episode 15, love, of the Locust and Honey podcast. Join us as we discuss effectual coal versus free will. I'm trying to sound very Puritan here, mate. Mate? Yes. But the Puritans Australian. No, mate. They were British, yeah? Yeah. If you would like to support our growing podcast, you can do so several ways. One, you can leave us a comment and share our podcast on your social media platforms. Two, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And three, you can follow the link in our show notes to find all of the other ways you can support us and you can connect with us. they found him on the other side of the sea they said to him rabbi when did you come here jesus answered them truly truly i say to you you are seeking me not because you saw signs but because you ate your fill of the loaves do not work for the food that perishes but for the food that endures to eternal life which the son of man will give to you for on him god the father has set his seal then they said to him what must we do to be doing the work of god jesus answered them this is the work of god that you believe in him whom he has sent So they said to him, Then what signs do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, He gave us the bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, It was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said this to you, and you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given to me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will always raise him up on the last day. Well, hello and welcome to the Locust and Honey podcast. My name is Matt. And I'm Andrew. And today is going to be a good episode. I'm excited about it. But before we get into that, if you didn't listen during the introduction, for whatever reason you couldn't understand maybe, or who knows, we are now proud members of the Bar Network. Indeed. What is the Bar Network? The Bar Network is a network Biblical of... and Reformed Network. Right. That's what it stands for. It's a, a network of biblically reformed podcasts. Yep. And so we will put a link to the Bar Network in the show notes so that you can go and check out other Bar Networkers. All of them are solid. All of them are good podcasts. So if you enjoy our podcast and you want to get more like it, that is a good place to go of like-minded believers. Uh, we're super excited to be a part of that. Dwayne is putting that together, and so shout out to Dwayne. Thanks, man. You rock. We're excited to be a part of this. On that note, Andrew. On that note. What are you into, bro? So I am currently into worship tech stuff. Worship so, tech stuff. Worship so like tech stuff. smoke machines? No. 
and like more so stage yeah, let lighting. Me, let me clarify. I am more so into uh, sounds and and mm. and uh, like getting sound the sound quality like this. Good. That's an interesting sound. Thanks, man. I'm into it. Okay. Okay. No, I'm into. I'm into. So at our church, we've had just a doozy trying to get our live stream sounding good. Yeah. So I've been doing a lot of research on that, and it turns out there's a lot of cool stuff that you can do with the stuff that we have. So I'm doing research on it, trying to get more knowledgeable about it all. I don't know. I enjoyed it. It's been fun. Cool. So, like, when you research stuff, it works out pretty well, right? Yeah. So, like, a year ago, you didn't know how to play the piano, and then you researched it, and now you're leading songs on the piano and stuff. Yeah. That's I researched cool. it, Googled it, Google taught mm, me. Nice. <laughs> anyway, that's what I've been doing all week, so that's that's what I've been into. Well, there you go. That's super exciting. <laughs> sure is. <laughs> uh, for, for people that are in that lane, that's super exciting. Yeah. All the techies Some pe- and, and people are. People are passionate well, about it. Well, so we do a podcast, so I'm into sound yeah. and stuff and um, making our podcast sound better, so maybe you can apply some of that. Yeah. To us. So if our podcast starts to sound a lot better, no, it was Andrew. No. I'm I'm into I what I'm doing is trying to get the sanctuary to I thought you're gonna be into Gung Hey Fat Choi. Oh, I'm into that too. Is that this but month or I've was just that been last focusing month? On that, huh? Did we talk about Gung Hey Fat Choi? No. But you're going to a big old party. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, my wife Emma is half Chinese, which most of you probably wouldn't I was gonna say, know, how that. Would I know that. <laughs> and so they her family celebrates Chinese New Year every year, and it's called Gong Hei Fat Choi. We. I wonder how many people are saying that now. Like right I don't in know. Car and they're like, Gong Hei Fat Choi. I don't know. Probably. That's fun. Yeah, I, I like saying it. All right. So we're going up to her family's house this weekend, and we're going to celebrate that. And it's going to be a lot of good food, good stuff, good times. So go. I like it. Well, what are you into? Hey, there it is. <laughs> Been waiting on that one for about 10 minutes now. <laughs> I. Am into well, it's kind of what I'm not into. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so oh. not what you think. <laughs> so I'm not into going to the gym and doing a lot of work and eating right and gaining weight. Still, hmm. I'm not into that. So that's <laughs> so I wouldn't be into that either. <laughs> for those of you that have been following along on this podcast, when we started the podcast, we also started working out together at the gym. And we have since upgraded gyms to a better gym where we can do a lot of Olympic-style weightlifting. So we're doing squats and snatches and clean and jerks and all that stuff. But then also, and, and this might be the this might be my thing here, but uh, <laughs> trying to do cardio as well. But I have been wanting to lose some weight and get in shape. I, I was in the military before. I think I, we talked about that. So, like, I've been in pretty good shape. In college, I was in really good shape. So now after three kids, trying to get back into better shape. Anyway, long story short, this week, I've been doing really good. We've gone to the gym. Well, today I didn't do so good. <laughs> today I set my alarm, 5.15, I woke up, hit snooze, woke up at 7.15, text Andrew and said, uh, sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, Same thing happened to me, but I happened to wake up an hour earlier. Yeah. So. But the rest of the week, I've been doing really good. Going to the gym, we've been working out, crushing it. I've been eating well. And I gained three pounds this week. And <laughs> I stepped on the scale, 
and it made me furious. <laughs> I said to <laughs> Tiff, I said, what am I even doing if I'm doing all of this work and I'm going up in weight? Uh, I, I, I know the answer. I think the answer is I'm building muscle. So my body, this is weird. I'm talking about my body. Uh, my body can put on muscle like nobody's business. Like I can work out one time and gain like five pounds of muscle. Mm. So I'm losing fat. All my measurements are going down, but my weight's going up. And it's just disheartening to look at the scale and see that this week, this week I gained four pounds. Yeah. So that's what I'm not into. I'm not into going to the gym and working out and eating right and not losing weight. Well, hate that for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Which, what I guess we I... We have been working hard. I've been working in there, too. It's been pretty it's been brutal. Fun. It's been pretty brutal for the it's past couple of weeks. But, but it's, it's been, been fun. fun yeah. I've been enjoying it. I think what I need to start doing is implementing some cardio, too. So whether that's swimming or walking or running or whatever, I'm going to try to do... I'm going to try to start with two days a week doing decent cardio yeah and then building up to where i can get back into running because i would like to start running again too but the problem is i don't want to just lose all my muscle i want to lose the fat so maybe i need to drop some of the weight and then rebuild my muscle anyway that's what i'm into so if any you, know, you like to work out be, sorry it could also be we might need to do more reps and less weight would build some tone instead of mass yeah but of course we've been doing crossfit it's still, stuff it's still burning fat though yeah you know, and and like I said, my numbers are going down. Yeah. As far as measurements, that's all going down, chest and belly and all that. Yeah. It's, it's shrinking, but um, but it's frustrating to see. Yeah. The way and people tell you they say don't look at the don't look at the scale, mm -hmm. but the scale is a good it's a good calculation for so like I don't what measure out all my food that I eat I just kind of eyeball it and guesstimate where I'm at calorie wise. Mm -hmm. So I weigh myself every day to see if I. Am taking in less calories than I'm burning each day. But anyway, there you go. Man. Yeah. So if you are a techie that's super into fitness, then you've loved this episode so yeah. far. <laughs> you have. And if you're not, you're like, shut up if and get on to yeah, the point. If you're looking for scripture. If you're then. here looking for effectual call versus free will, <laughs> you might hate it so far. But it is what it is. On that note, let's get into it. Yeah. All right, effectual call versus free will. This is going to be a good one today. Mm -hmm. So we're jumping off into some reform doctrine here today, and we're going to start tackling some of this. I I'm excited about it. I I've been looking forward to doing it for a while. So, Andrew, what do we mean when we say effectual call? When we say effectual call, we are meaning that salvation begins with God and throughout all of the process of salvation is all the work of God. So Ephesians 1, the Father predestines us. He calls us before the foundations of the world. At the right time, he regenerates us. And then when we are regenerate, we cannot resist the grace of God through what is shown at the cross and through the gospel and what Christ did for us. That's what I'm kind of thinking whenever I hear effectual call. That's what my thought process is. Okay. So I'm going to go to chapter 10 of the 1689. You got resources. I got to come off the top of my head here. Hey, some of <laughs> us are working smarter, not harder. There you go. <laughs> All right. So uh, chapter 10 of the Baptist Confession of Faith, 1689. 
Those who God hath predestined unto life, he is pleased in his appointment and accepted time effectually to call by his word and spirit out of the state of sin and death in which they are by nature to grace and salvation by Jesus Christ, enlightening their minds spiritually and savingly to understand the things of God, taking away their heart of stone and giving unto them a heart of flesh, renewing their wills and by his almighty power determining them to that which is good and effectually drawing them to Jesus Christ. Yet so as they come most freely, being made willing by his grace. Uh, Then in paragraph two, it says, this effectual call is of God's free and special grace alone, not from anything at all foreseen in man, nor from any power or agency in the creature co-working with his special grace. The creature being wholly passive therein, being dead in sin and trespasses, until being quickened and renewed by the Holy Spirit. He is thereby enabled to answer this call and to embrace this grace offered and conveyed in it, and that by no less power than that which raised up Christ from the dead. And so they give as the scripture. So if you've ever read the Baptist Confession of Faith, there's a bunch of scripture uh, pointing to where they're coming from with all this. So Romans 8.30, Romans 11.7, Ephesians 1.10 and 11, 2 Thessalonians 2.13 and 14, Ephesians 2.1-6, Acts 26.18, Ephesians 1.17 and 18, Ezekiel 36.26, and then we got 2 Timothy 1.9, Ephesians 2.8, 1 Corinthians 2.14, Ephesians 2.5, John 5.25, Ephesians 1.19 and 20. So, yeah, when we're talking about effectual call, uh, we're talking about God calling us. That produces an effect in our life. It's not just an open invitational call, but it's an effectual call that produces an effect. Mm-hmm. There's a song that I like a lot. I've been listening to it for a long time. Um, I don't even know when they did it, but Beautiful Eulogy. But they have a, a song called Entitlement. And at the end, I'm going to read this to you. This is uh, the end of their song. It says, We spend a lifetime trying to find love in anything and everything this life has to offer. And oftentimes we trade the temporal satisfaction for the things the genuine believer is entitled to. I'm convinced it's because they don't understand that there exists an order of benefits of redemptions that's applied to his bride and the basis of his choice and election was for God alone to decide. And it is not like an invitation that one might accept or reject, but rather it's the effectual calling drawing to himself his elect, regenerating and enabling us to respond in faith towards Christ, giving us the gift of repentance and revealing the nature of his sacrifice. Binding us with the true intellectual realization of our sinful condition, converting us and turning us from our previous malicious disposition, ultimately leading to a legal declaration by God that we've been made right in his sight, justification being credited to us on the basis of the righteousness of Christ, adopted to be the children of God and grafted into fellowship, being bound together by the blood of Christ into a common membership. Sanctified by the Spirit, given gradual growth in holiness, increasing in our thinking and behaving in ways that shows that we're chosen, and all the while being preserved and upheld according to His sovereign providence, giving us confidence that His will carries us to completion just like He promised. And so I think that's kind of a, a good understanding of, of where we're coming from when we say effectual call. So what about free will? How would you define free will? Um, As the So like we're looking at effectual call versus free will. Mm-hmm. So when somebody who's arguing for free will over effectual call, what are they meaning when they say that? I, I, I think 
you know, I don't want to misrepresent, but what what I would think is they would mean that the Lord. You want me to take a stab at it? Yeah, I gotta I gotta think through it real quick. So I grew up more in the free will camp, right? Yeah. Um, me that, too. That, that's kind of where I, I grew up, and then when I went off to college, I, I went to a college where that was the common understanding as well. Uh, so that's kind of been what I I was brought up under was the the pastors that I was brought up under, I was, I was taught dispensationalism and we can get into that later too. What is dispensationalism and all of that? But there was this understanding. And so when I was taught free will or what I understood to be true was that we have been given free will by God and that free will enables us to choose him or not to choose him. So when I would go to church on Sunday, I'm hearing the gospel preached and I'm going to either believe that I'm going to, I'm, I have been given free will by God to believe that and be saved or to reject that and then I go to hell. And and so when we are looking at that against an effectual call, the way that that could be argued is I'm the bridegroom's father and I'm sending out an invitation to the wedding. And anybody who decides to show up is let in, but those that don't show up, they're not in the wedding because they chose not to, sh- to come, right. right? So that would be the same thing. God the Father is sending out an invitation through Jesus Christ that whoever believes in him will be saved and go to heaven, but those that reject him go to hell, yeah. right? And and so the argument with free will is that God has given us free will to decide if we're going to accept or reject, as opposed to God effectually calling us, and because he's called us, we go. Yeah, so... With the call, the effect of the call lays in the hands of the person doing the calling. With an invitation, the effect lays in the hands of the person accepting or rejecting the invitation. Yeah. And so what we want to do in this episode is we want to make a case for effectual call over free will. Yeah. This would be more of a reformed understanding. This would be our understanding. And we just want to make that case. So I know that our podcasts are conversation starters, so we are not going to fully cover everything. If any of you have questions, we would love for you to follow up. Like we said, we're going to have a link to how to best do that in our show notes. So go down there and check that out. And, and that's a good place to carry on these conversations. I'm going to start with my case with the passage that I read, John 6. Because what we see here, I'm going to start in verse 35. Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I say to you that you have seen me and you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me will never be cast out. For I have come down from heaven to not do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me. So this is God's will. What is it? That I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Then if you skip down, so the Jews grumbled about this because they said, because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is it not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he say these things? I have come down from heaven. Jesus answered them and said, do not grumble to yourselves. Verse 44, no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. As it is written in the prophets, And they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate of the manna of the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread of life. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. 
then I'm going to skip down. It says, and the bread that I give to you for the life of the world is my flesh. And so Jesus is making several things clear here. This is a, a longer passage and a longer teaching, and this kind of helps prove the point that we're trying to make in effectual call. Because he says, all that the Father has given me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given to me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Verse 44, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. So when we're looking at an effectual call, what we're seeing is that we're born dead in our trespasses and sin. Romans 1 says, no one seeks after God. No, not one, right? Because of Adam, because of the Adamic curse that has come on all mankind, we're all born dead in our trespasses and sin. And just like in Ezekiel, when you see Ezekiel prophesying over the valley of dry bones, he's prophesying over the bones. And as he's doing that, the Spirit of God starts to put flesh on the bones and starts to give them life. And then you have this army standing before you. That's what pastors do on a weekly basis now. We're, we're preaching God's word over dead and dry bones. And then God takes the preaching of his word and produces spiritual life. Right. Mm -hmm. But what we're looking at this specifically, this effectual call, another way that this is referred to is irresistible grace. I like to use the word effectual call because I think irresistible grace, uh, people don't understand what that's meaning because all of us resist God. That's the point we just made. Right. Mm -hmm. Everybody's born resisting God. So what's different from those that are going to be in heaven from those that are going to be in hell? They've all resisted God at some point. Everybody's born doing that. So what's the difference? The argument that we're trying to make and what Jesus is saying in John 6, and then also in John 10, let me go to that real quick. In John 10, he's making the same argument. I'm going to skip through, but I'm reading from John 10. Uh, verse 2, well, truly, truly, I say to you, this is verse 1, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs over by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. Verse 2, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know his voice. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Verse 16. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. Then in verse 26, he says, But you do not believe because you are not part of my flock. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who gave them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. And so what we're seeing here in, in both of these examples is we're seeing that Christ is fulfilling the will of the Father. And the will of the Father is that he raises up every last sheep that the Father's given him. Mm -hmm. Or every last person in John 6. But so all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out, and I will raise them up on the last day. That's the will of the Father. And so we see this effectual call that because the Father has given 
these people to the son, they go to him and he will accept them and raise them up, right? He's the bread of life. They eat of the bread of life. They have eternal life because the father has effectually called them. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're seeing here. We're also seeing that this is a very individual-based thing. Those who believe, I will raise them up on the last day, and I will not lose them. This is people. This is individuals that the Father has given to the Son. They're his sheep in John 10. Here, they're these people that need the bread of life. And Jesus isn't losing one of them. Right. Uh, he even tells them in John 10, there are other people not of this fold, which would be the Gentiles, and I'm going to go to them and bring them into one fold. We're going to have one fold. And uh, and they will hear my voice because I'm their shepherd. And those that hear the shepherd's voice follow and obey the shepherd. Mm-hmm. You know, But they hear his voice because he's their shepherd. Uh, if they're not his sheep, they don't hear his voice. And they don't obey. You know what right. I mean? So what do you think? Yeah, one of the things that I go back to with this is... is um, Ephesians 2 where it says, And you were dead in your sins, your trespasses and sins. Uh, in which he once walked. And then it says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our sins and trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So this, what what I go back to when I read Ephesians 2, is the story of Jesus and Lazarus, right? So Lazarus is in the tomb. He's been dead. His body stinketh. He Because he stinketh. Yes. He, um, you heard a sermon preached on that before. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> it was like preached on how his body stinketh. It was like he made a big point about that. Anyway, it was funny. <laughs> well, it stunk because he was because dead. Because he was dead. Yeah. He was completely dead. Yeah. yeah. Had been dead. But Jesus calls him out of the grave. And what is Lazarus to do? He Is, is he going to say, well, no, I, I'm, I reject that. Hey, thanks, you know Jesus, I mean? for coming, but I'm stinking dead. Right, I'm, I'm dead, so I'm going to stay. Lazarus has no choice because he has been called back to life, right? By he, the by word made flesh. Right. Yeah. By Jesus. Right. right. So in the same way, and, and then the, bo- the, the Valley of Dry Bones in Ezekiel, do the bones have a choice as to whether or not they come back to life? Well, no, not really, because they are under the authority of... Well, let's go to John 3. Yeah. And Nicodemus comes to Jesus and says, what must I do to be saved? What's his answer? To be born again. And, okay, how am I going to do that? Am I going to crawl back into my mom and be born again? And he says, no. It's So spiritual salvation is just like physical, right? Mm-hmm. We're born of the water, and then we're born of the spirit. When we're physically born, what role did we play in our birth? None. None. That happened... Yeah. Apart from us. But then we're born, and once we've been born, we now exist and live and make choices and all that stuff, right? Spiritually, it's the same thing. We don't play a role in our spiritual birth. That's something that God does through the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Right. And God works that out in and through us. And then once we're born, we have this free will. The case that we're making— All right, so let's push back on that, though. What would some of the— objections to what we're saying be well that ultimately we can choose whether or not to accept or reject the gift that jesus is that god has given us through jesus's sacrifice on the cross that that provides the avenue for us to be saved yeah so god doesn't want us to be robots right right he wants us to have free will oh yeah yeah and so he's given us free will what would your argument to that be against that yeah 
God yeah. doesn't want us. Uh, you're wrong, Andrew. Yeah. God doesn't want us to be robots. He didn't make us to where he's going to make his grace irresistible. Yeah. Uh, it, then he's just forcing us to do something. Mm-hmm. What would your pushback to that be? Well, that God is totally sovereign. Okay. Over everything. What over our lives and every decision that we make. Okay. So God's coming in And ultimately, heavy. I'd go to Ephesians 1. So he's coming in heavy-handedly and just, like, smacking some and saying y'all are going to be saved? Well, no. He, he Actually, I might go to Romans 9, where he's got the right over the clay that he makes. He's got the, he has got authority over his creation. So okay. he can make some for destruction. He can make some for glory. But what, what right does the clay have to sit, talk back to the creator and ask right. why he made you that way? Yeah, I, I, I think um might have been Piper a long time ago, but I heard this analogy and uh, I liked it. But what's your favorite food in all of the world? Uh, chicken Alfredo. Chicken Alfredo. Did y'all have that on Valentine's Day? Um, No, we had steak on Valentine's Day. Hey. We went to Outback, yeah. Big we had a gift card. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's say you're balling on a budget. Yeah. All right, so chicken Alfredo is your favorite food in all the world. If I walked in here with chicken Alfredo and was like, hey, Andrew, want some chicken Alfredo? What are you going to say? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Um, now you have a severe stomach bug. Like you're just like projectile like going at it, right? <laughs> just bleh, mm-hmm. everywhere. If I walk up to you while you're hanging over a toilet and I say, Andrew, I know you're not feeling well. I made you some chicken Alfredo. Are you going to eat it? No. Why? Because would that I want to throw repulse it up. you? Yeah. That thought would repulse you, right? Right. But you said it's your, like, you love it. Mm-hmm. Why would you not like it then? Because of my disposition. Because you're sick. Yeah. Right? So Isaiah 1 tells us that our whole head is sick, right? Like, mm-hmm. my people. They've rejected me. The whole head is sick. Romans 1 tells us that we're dead in our trespasses and sin. Like, sin has made us sick. And effectual calling is, it's not this irresistible grace where we're kicking and screaming and resisting it. It's God making us well so that we can desire what we were created to desire in the first place. Yeah. So like you, you're throwing up. I offer you the chicken Alfredo. You say, that's disgusting. Get that out of here. You're making me hurl. Once you're better and I offer you the chicken Alfredo again, you say, yes, I love it. It's my favorite food, mm-hmm. right? Because you've been made well. And right. then when you see it, you see it as good. But that's what we're describing here in effectual call. God's not making us kick and scream. And that's what, that's what it said, too, in the confession of faith is that it's this renewing of our will and his almighty power, which is effectually drawing us to Christ Jesus. Uh, Yet, so they come most freely being made willing by his grace, right? It's not this kicking and screaming, dragging us, but it's this renewal of what we were created to do. We were created to find a light in God, but because of sin, we couldn't find a light in that. So that's what we're arguing for, is what we see here that... You've got all these people that are coming to Jesus in John 6, and they're all following him because of food. They just ate all this bread and fish, and they wanted to keep following him because they wanted to keep eating. And Jesus is telling them, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And they say, give us that bread so that we may never hunger again. And he tells them, I'm 
the bread of life, you'll never spiritually hunger again. He said, but I said to you that you have seen me and yet you do not believe. So these people don't believe in who he is, even though they've seen him. They're saying, show us a sign, show us a wonder, all that stuff. But you do not believe. All that the Father gives to me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should not lose, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given to me, but raise it up on the last day. So of the people that the Father has sent to the Son, he will not lose one of them, and he will raise them up on the last day. Mm -hmm. This is an effectual thing. The Father is sending these people to the Son. The Son is saving these people and raising them up on the last day. And we see that effectual calling. And then even in, in verse 44, none can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. So we can't even go to God unless he draws us. That draw is that effectual call that we're talking about. It's this drawing of making us right to be able to see and understand that God is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Well, we can't because we got a spiritual stomach bug. A yawn. Nice. I thought you were just crying, man. I thought no. I was like, I thought I was shucking the corn. And no. you were like, <laughs> preach it. You are shucking the corn. You pull on the tater patch. <laughs> But it was but, just a yawn. Yeah, a yawn. Well, I, I'll be quiet now. What you think? Yeah, so I, I think it's just, it's important for us to grasp the fact that all of salvation is the work of the Lord. I think that we can turn salvation into a works-based thing. We can, like, we can read Ephesians chapter 2, because I did it many times growing up, and it says right there, that we are saved by grace through faith, and it's not the work of man, lest anyone boast. But like in us saying that we can either accept or reject the, the invitation of salvation, we have turned it into a works-based thing, because then it's based on our ability to either accept or reject. The accepting is the work. Right, the accepting is the work that ultimately g gives us salvation. And then people say, well, that choice would not be given to you without the full work of God. We had nothing to do with Jesus being sacrificed on the cross, okay? But still, the work of salvation in our own lives, personally, individually, in the, in the free will framework, is based upon our choice that we make, that we decide. It's based upon a work that we do. And so I think, yeah, and to kind of put these two things together, so what we're arguing is this. Salvation is of the Lord. Right. I can't find in Scripture any other doctrine than this. God is my rock and my salvation. And what we're trying to hold to is that, that God is my rock and God is my salvation. Our pushback against free will in salvation is that if we're spiritually dead in our trespasses, we can't have that free will, right? Right. Uh, Jonathan Edwards wrote a book, Freedom of the Will, and I really like it. It's a kind of a tougher read. Uh, I should maybe get an updated <laughs> copy because it was it's like, <laughs> man, I'm going to have to read one page eight times to understand it. But basically his argument is when we're talking about free will, there has to be free choice, right? right? So God can have free will because he's not bound by anything. But what Jonathan Edwards said is man can't ultimately have free will. Because God made us, and he made our will, and so our will is bound to him. And then we're born dead in our trespasses and sin, so our will is ultimately bound to, to sin. Right. Um, unless God changes our will, which is why when we read 
1689 confession, that's what it says. God changes our will. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, we can't have free will because we're making decisions based off of other things. And as sinners, we're making decisions based off of our sinful heart, which is why Romans 1 says nobody seeks after God. Right. So for us, an effectual call is what allows people to be saved because ultimately we would never choose that in the first place because we've been made sick by sin. Yeah. And so that's what we're arguing here. We're not arguing a philosophy. We're not arguing uh, a person or a theologian. We're trying to argue with the consistency of Scripture that exactly what I said. He alone is my rock and my salvation. Our argument is that our rock and our salvation is God and solely on God. And apart from him effectually calling, drawing to himself his elect, there would be none saved. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, even, I've, I don't know, I've been using it a lot lately for whatever reason, but, I mean, John 15, when Jesus says, Abide in me and I in you and you will bear much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Well, if apart from him we can do nothing, how can we bring salvation upon ourselves? You know what I mean? Right. Because faith ultimately is a fruit that comes from Christ himself. It comes from abiding in Christ. And so if we're saved by grace through faith, then that is a fruit of us already abiding in Christ because he has made us alive with him. Right. You know, so. Well, yeah, and I don't know. What more? If anybody would disagree, then our disagreements in John six forty four. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. Those that are raised up on the last day are raised up because the Father sent us to God, and the Father's drawn us to Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, the Father sent us to Christ, and the Father's drawn us to Christ. Those who He's sent, those who He's drawn, Jesus is raising up on the last day. Everybody else was not sinner John by the Father. Yeah. That's that effectual call. I feel like there's a ton more that we could say, but as far as effectual call goes, I think we've made a at least our case for it, where we're coming yeah. from. If anybody disagrees, we would love to continue to have a discussion with you about this. And if anybody wants to hear more about it, uh, I, I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll dig into a lot more of this in, in future episodes. Yeah. But if, if there's specific topics that you'd like for us to cover, reach out to us. Like I said, that link in the description will put you in touch with us, whether it's Facebook or our email. It's all there. And you can uh, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. You can reach out to us and say, hey, we'd love for you to copy, to cover this topic. Yeah. And we'll, <laughs> and we'll definitely be continuing this discussion because this, it, it has a lot, to, it flows into the other things that we're going to talk about regarding salvation, you know, kind of Calvinistic thought and stuff like that. It's kind of sometimes tough to not jump ahead of yourself into those areas when we're talking about this to lay kind of... Well, I mean, this is all Reformed theology. Yeah. And I think a good place to leave it is an excerpt from one of Spurgeon's sermons. So he said this, The late lamented Mr. Denham has put at the foot of his tombstone a most admirable text, Salvation is of the Lord. That is just an epitome of Calvinism. It is the sum and substance of it. If anyone should ask me what I mean by a Calvinist, I should reply, He is one who says salvation is of the Lord. I cannot find in Scripture any other doctrine than this. It is the essence of the Bible. He only is my rock and my salvation. Tell me anything contrary to this truth, and it will be a heresy. Tell me a heresy, and I shall find at its essence here that it has departed from this great and fundamental and rock truth. God is my rock and my salvation. What is the heresy of Rome? 
but the addition of something to the perfect merit of Jesus Christ, the bringing in the works to the flesh to assist in the justification. And what is the heresy of Arminianism? but the addition of something to the work of the Redeemer. Every heresy, if brought to the touchstone, will discover itself here. I have my own private opinion that there is no such thing as preaching Christ and Him crucified unless we preach what nowadays is called Calvinism. It is a nickname to call it Calvinism. Calvinism is the gospel and nothing else. I do not believe that we can preach the gospel if we do not preach justification by faith without works, nor unless we preach the sovereignty of God in his dispensation of grace, nor unless we exalt the electing, unchangeable, immutable, eternal, conquering love of Jehovah. Nor do I think we can preach the gospel unless we base it upon the special and particular redemption of his elect and chosen people, which Christ wrought out upon the cross. Nor can I comprehend a gospel which lets saints fall away after they are called and suffers the children of God to be burned in fires of damnation after being once believed in Jesus. Such a gospel I abhor. And so that's kind of our argument. I hope that this has been an insightful episode for you today. I hope that you've enjoyed your time with us today. Hope that you're having a good Lord's Day. We look forward to talking with you next week. On that note, have a good day. A good day to be had.